Hi, I'm Justin Rosso from Next Step Press, where we help you take a next step. And I am with Jamie Wishman from Breathe Life Ministries. Jamie, welcome back to the Next Step community. Hi, Justin. Thanks. Uh, it's so good to have you back. Hey, uh, we're talking today about this book, My Next Step. It's volume one, Getting Started, especially chapter 2.3 called Jesus, I'm Tired. The subtitle is Be Open and Honest with God. And Jamie, uh, I learned some language from you, although I know I've adopted it and started to make it my own a little bit. So I will say things like um, suspending judgment or noticing yourself with Jesus or something. Sometimes I'll use the phrase non-judgmental noticing. Uh, I assume you know what I'm talking about. So so what do you call that thing that, that I'm talking about? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I usually just live. And so <laughs> whatever comes out of my mouth in the moment. So, <laughs> well, I know with pre-life ministries, you guys will, will work with individuals or, or with couples. And I know part of your process allows people to slow down and kind of notice what they're feeling or what they're going through without automatically judging that. And, and I, I, that seems to be a problem I've noticed too. And so some of the things that you've done have been helpful for me. Uh, where, what would that process look like for you when you're working with somebody? Oh yeah. Um, so a lot of it, it's a, it's a pause because we do it. So um, mm. we don't even notice it's so unconscious. Yeah. And so it's, it's normally when I'm listening to somebody, I'll, I'll just, I'm like, Oh, wait, wait just a minute. And, and then I'll help. I'll often repeat what they said. And then, then we can talk about it from there. Cause usually we don't even notice that we're, we don't even usually notice we're judging ourselves or. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, you recently wrote a blog about uh, waiting on Jesus and it, where you talked about the Lord not being slow and, and that didn't make, seem to make sense. And, and even in that blog, it seemed to me like you were practicing this kind of mindset or this attitude that said, I noticed this, but instead of judging it, like I notice I'm being impatient with God, but I know he's not slow. So I must be like, I must be a sinner. Instead of doing that, you like paused and then like invited Jesus into that experience and came away with something. So what, what do you do? What do you teach people to do? How do you apply it in your own life? So for me and in, in my process, it's, it's come, it's becoming more aware of when scripture says one thing and I live a different way. Like okay. I might even tell you, of course, the Lord's not slow. I might counsel you in that. I might tell all my friends that. And so there's, there's, for me, it's noticing a disconnect between what I say I believe or what I, what I believe intellectually. I do believe yeah. it at some level. Um, but then I'm finding myself really anxious or frustrated. So for me, often it's the, I'm feeling anxious or frustrated. Something's going on here. Mm. And, and, um, but honestly, for a while, every time I was anxious and frustrated, I was judgmental of myself. So it's a pro it's a process. I'm like, and sometimes I still am, but now more often I'm like, okay, what's why? What's going on? Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. often a disconnect between what I believe to be true or what the word of God says and then how I'm actually living. Yeah. Thanks. So so what I believe, what I know, what I know intellectually. But what my heart tells me isn't always always that. Um, you also talked about being anxious or frustrated. Those are two emotions that seem to me fall into the category of things you're not supposed to feel as a good Christian. Uh, anxious, frustrated, sad, angry. Uh, these are all things that when we experience them, I, I think we are almost taught by the culture around us, even the Christian culture, that those are not things that we 
express or or that we are even supposed to bring to Jesus somehow. Does that does that resonate with you? Yeah, I think we have um, accepted cultural standards of behavior, like unwritten rules. We have them in families and churches and communities. This is allowed. So like you might go to a sporting event and you can lose your temper. You can <laughs> yell and scream all you want. And that that's like the code. Yeah. And um, but in other situations, if you're angry, well, maybe you can get angry at another driver. Maybe you can mm. get angry at yourself. But yeah. and so so we kind of learn to to adopt the acceptable modes of expression and and even block from ourselves the ones that seem unacceptable. Yeah, even block from ourselves the ones that seem unacceptable that we're taught uh, culturally as a church, a local congregation, a family, a, a broader culture. Yeah, I think I think you're onto something. That's that's tri- tricky to navigate. Um, mm. I remember, actually, I think it was Steve, your, your husband, Steve, good friend of mine. Uh, I think it was Steve that shared a story with me that you were involved in. Then I had to double check and, and, and check with you to see if it was right. And I actually ended up in in that My Next Step book. It, it's the story that the, the chapter gets its title from, Jesus, I'm Tired. And that that story had kind of that family dynamic built in, not not to judge your family. All of our families have baggage. We all have family dynamics. But it seems like that um, that story also has that learned behavior, learning what's acceptable at certain times in it. Well, would you just tell your, re- remind me of what happened in that Jesus, I'm tired kind of scenario. Oh, I can't remember the specifics, but it happens all yeah, the yeah. time. So <laughs> okay, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I was probably spinning intellectually about something, some some problem to solve, mm-hmm. and I'm mm-hmm. trying to solve, trying to solve, and 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 I'm not getting the relief that I, that problem solving often gets for me, mm-hmm. and and finally at some point, um, uh, golly, maybe I'm just oh probably i'm so tired and i think steve said that's okay yeah. and i've had such an odd reaction because it didn't seem okay to me yeah like what if what if i'm just tired because i've been working hard or what if mm-hmm. i'm tired because it's late in the day or what if i'm tired because uh everything around me and my culture is falling to pieces and yeah. living <laughs> is just a little more confusing or i've had a lot yeah. of transition and uh yeah so to notice i was tired and have somebody tell me that it, it you can just be tired <laughs> it was mm. so weird mm. it was just weird so so let's unpack it a little bit go go back to kind of your what you learned growing up from your family was being tired something that was common typical acceptable in, in your family growing up um I don't recall it being acceptable. <laughs> well, I mean, I know your mom and your dad, and they're both, I mean, your mom's yeah, so, really go-getter. Um, and, uh... Yeah, so I would say um, high energy, problem solve, get work done, um, you know, help people, like all these yeah, things are high yeah. values. So um, looking back, I might have just had a different personality style. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, rest, I don't really remember much in the way of rest. I mm. played multiple sports at a time. I was always huh. in extracurriculars, had a job. So we just went, went, went. Yeah. 
So it's something you adopted it for yourself too. Like tired is not, well, it's not an option for you. You're too busy to be tired. Uh, right, right. So you right. experience something like tiredness and you, you don't experience it as something that's, I don't know, maybe even let yourself feel. So when Steve says, hey, maybe that's okay, that strikes you as something different. Um, do, you, do you ever take, do you ever invite Jesus into that particular being tired feeling? Um, yeah, so first of all, I have to notice, I don't know, maybe mm. some of you guys are like me, where you say all the time, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. But yeah. it's more just to like to vent some steam. It doesn't, I don't actually connect to my tiredness. I just know there's this, like, I, I don't have the energy for what I'm doing right now. Mm. Mm. Um, so for me, do I invite Jesus into it? I try when I notice. Yeah. When I yeah. Notice. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, usually I just get overstimulated and spun up and I don't notice that what I need help is coming down. Yeah. Yeah. So, but if I, if I, when I notice it's often I'll, pause, I'll sit and I'll pause and I'll be like, what the heck is wrong with me? Right. And then, and then I'll take a deep breath and I'll be like, Oh, I'm tired. Hmm. Hmm. And I think that's kind of code to Jesus now. Like when I take a deep breath, he just knows like that's code for that's you're invited. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're yeah. invited. Yeah. Um, and I think often when I just breathe then and become aware that he's with me, then I almost think the Holy Spirit's like, dude, <laughs> tired. Because I don't think I would know truly. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I, I like I like that a lot. Uh, so I sometimes call it non-judgmental noticing and both those things you touched on, you've got to notice the first in the, to even not judge, you've got to notice it. And then once you've noticed it, your initial response is, yeah, well, I'm tired. I, I why, why am I so tired? I'm, I'm, I mean, there's all kinds of self-judgment reasons why you would be tired, but to notice it without judging it and then to invite Jesus into it. And, and I liked what you said, even to notice it, I'm going to need the Holy Spirit's help because I wouldn't have even noticed it unless the spirit was like, Hey, I think maybe, Hey, Jamie, hey, J- Jamie, Hey. Uh, so that's cool too. The image of the spirit working in that. So that's just one example tiredness. There are more extreme examples. I'm sure we could go to, but uh when you, how do you see this in other people or how do you experience this with other things besides being tired that noticing and then not judging and then inviting Jesus into it? What, what does that look like? Right. So I think it's really natural once we say we're tired to go to problem solving, or maybe mm. that's like part of the population. I'll, I'll, those of you like me who go to problem solving when you're tired. Um, so I usually am like, I'm tired. What can I do about this? Maybe in a week I can do this. Or if I just solved all these, if I get my, got my kid to take care of this, if I just fixed everything mm-hmm. then then I could rest. Mm-hmm. So I tend to go to fixing it to get to rest. And so, um, so for me, the, the new learning then is to say, whoa, 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 wait, before I try to fix everything, mm-hmm. let me just invite Jesus in. Um, because I'm probably trying to fix those things like for Jesus, like at my best, we'll just say at my best, or maybe I'm just, or I think I am for some reason. I think that's the best, that's the best solution. It, Mm. and it's not that it's bad or wrong. It's just, it's not helping with my actual problem Mm. of being tired. So, um, 
So usually if people are tired. Okay, so I had a situation recently. This might be more helpful. Somebody said, I'm, I'm just so weary. I'm just the weight of everything and pile and pile and pile on. I'm so weary. Uh, and, and then the maybe, I don't know, maybe I, this is not what I want to do anymore. You know, mm. so in a way, it's a problem-solving approach. Mm. So instead, we just, we breathe. <laughs> okay, you're tired. That's, that's, that's fine. You can, that makes sense even to be tired. Let's just breathe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's rest in this place. Um, mm. Mm. And we read um, Psalm 23, actually, in that place, and just remembered what Jesus was like in the, what he does for people. Um leading us beside quiet waters and mm-hmm. uh, restoring our soul and causing us to lie down. And so there's a way of just remembering the scripture and resting in it that invites mm-hmm. Jesus to, to do that right now. Mm-hmm. It actually helps. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds maybe so simple that, well, it wouldn't work. But most of us just, we just need a breath and to know somebody's there with us. Mm. And when I, when I breathe and, and I've been spinning on a million things and I say, Jesus, I'm tired. He's like, here I am. Okay. And then I know I'm not in it alone. Mm. And I like that because another, you know, cultural thing we, I picked up is it's all up to you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so Jesus, I need the help is another just, and then breathe and remember, oh, there he is. Yeah. Okay. That. Uh, I think you're exactly right. That's a very countercultural thing to need help, uh, to not not do it on your own. Um, and I kind of think reading scripture that that's one of you could almost call that a, a summary definition of saving faith to desperately need Jesus, like for everything. So so culturally, we're trained not to need anybody for anything. And and yet the kingdom works like this, unless you're like a babe in arms that can't even carry themselves to Jesus, you, you don't understand how the kingdom works. So desperately needing somebody else is what saving faith is, but we don't we don't like that. Um, yeah, I think that's another one that like Holy Spirit helped me recognize when mm-hmm. I'm walking in this. Yeah. So that to notice when I'm being self-sufficient in a way that my culture has taught me, even though all the scripture I could quote to you says other things. It just ends up being a disconnect between what I know and how I live. And I think Jesus is just wanting to connect those disconnects. Yeah. yeah. Live more whole, more whole. That's good. No, that's good. I think um, <clears throat> so we're coming up with almost a, a strategy, perhaps even. I mean, so you notice when you're feeling something, you pause to recognize it. You, you invite Jesus into it. And, and whenever you come up with something like, three steps to resting with Jesus, then you can always evaluate yourself on how good you are at noticing how, how good you are at inviting Jesus into it or pausing. And so if you've got that kind of GPA mindset, no matter what you are putting around you to help you desperately need Jesus more, you can uh, kind of turn it into that 
grading scale again. Like I'm, I'm really bad at needing Jesus. I got to do better. No, no, no. The point is to need Jesus. It's not to do better at needing Jesus. Uh, so I like that. Hey, let's do. So tired uh, is one. Is is there another something else that you kind of isn't as so socially acceptable? Uh, I know anger might be one, but is there something else that you've got an example of in your life or that you've seen in somebody else recently where you're experiencing something that your tendency is to stuff it because you don't even want to admit to yourself that you're feeling it. Uh, but when you bring it to Jesus, something else happens. Mm -hmm. So this might be a little bit on the other end of the spectrum where I like feed it and pet it and love it. Um, uh, so uh, Jesus, I'm lonely. Mm. Where uh, in a way it's socially acceptable to be lonely, mm. but then I kind of, it ends up being a, pet like I'm so lonely and then it's like a self-pity thing in my heart yeah. and and I look around see there's nothing I can do and I reached out here and there and it didn't help and mm. or then I can like buck up kid people have been this is common to the human condition and you know so yeah. You, yeah. it's funny because it's almost a back and forth so I tell myself to buck up and then I rebel against myself. And then I end up in this whole argument in my head. <laughs> um, when really, if I had just come to Jesus, like, Jesus, I'm lonely. Will you come? Do you care? Will you help? What are mm. you doing? Where are you? What, where should I look? What am I missing? Yeah. You know, it just, it, even my loneliness is not mine to fix on my own. So I can be lonely with Jesus with it unfixed. Or I can be lonely and Jesus can give me an idea that fixes it. Or, or I can just pause. I'm probably tired, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, take a nap, rest, be refreshed, and then realize I have a different outlook on life and people and relationships so yeah i'm lonely um or more do you want me to do you want me to well I, 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 that's <clears throat> that tendency to fix it i see in me for myself but also for others and i see in other people too as soon as you as soon as you express some kind of grief, people naturally will tell you about their grief or, and, and maybe it's the same thing, or try to fix your grief. Uh, I think sometimes me telling you my story about why I've been sad is a way of trying to commiserate and make you feel better. So I think it's still trying to fix mm. to give them the benefit of the doubt. Otherwise they're just being egotistical, which is also, I mean, I can be <laughs> like that too. Or they try to fix it, but grief is like that. Um, anger is like that. Loneliness is like that. Uh, if someone said you were lonely, if someone said to me that they're lonely, one of my first knee-jerk reactions would be to try to fix it. Um, and because I want to follow Jesus, I would try to fix it with Jesus. So I find that part of the discipline involved in this is not to run ahead of Jesus, but to pause and to be present in what you're experiencing and invite Jesus into that. And sometimes, sometimes Jesus works things that really take the burden away almost immediately, which is awesome. And sometimes you go from being lonely by yourself to being lonely with Jesus. 
And, and being lonely with Jesus is way better than being lonely by yourself. And it's not always a fix it right away and, and make you feel better right away. Um, grief can be a long and tedious, uh, torturous, uh, confusing process. Jesus doesn't snap his fingers uh, and make it go away, but he will walk with you. And, and man, being with Jesus in your grief is way better than not being with Jesus in your grief. And a whole lot better than having somebody else try to fix your grief for you. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's part of the idea too is to invite Jesus in and then let Jesus do whatever he's, Jesus is going to do with it, um, which isn't necessarily make it better immediately or take it away. Yes. Over time in that process for me, what I've come to see is when Jesus doesn't fix it fast, it means he's not as freaked out about it as I am. Um, <laughs> Like I might be angry and I'm like, you better fix this Jesus. Cause I'm angry. And he's like, I'm just not as afraid of your anger as you are. Yeah. You better fix this. Cause I'm sad. I'm not as afraid of your sadness as you are. Mm -hmm. And so there's a being loved before I'm fixed. That's wildly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's wild. It's just wild. Um, I want to be fixed. Cause I can't love myself when I'm like that. Yeah. But when Jesus sits with me in it and he doesn't fix it I'm, and I'm still in it, I realize how many things in life are really a process. And it's his kindness that kind of slows them down um, where I would like to, like, if you would fix this, then I wouldn't be anxious. Um, but he's like, he probably knows better. He's like, yeah. <laughs> there's like one thing, two steps down the road that's going to make you anxious again. So why don't yeah. we just like slow this process down? Yeah. Take a breath. There's plenty of problems yet to be solved. There's honestly plenty of griefs yet to be born in this life. Mm -hmm. um, so rushing through this, that, and the other, I miss my life. And I'm tired of missing mm. my life because I can't live in what I'm living in. So I feel that Jesus, that by not fixing things fast, has been slowing me down. And I'll tell you, I was mad at him for a while because <laughs> it's like, you could fix this and you aren't. I'm now at least have the intellectual understanding of his kindness that mm. sometimes goes slow. Mm. Um, I'm still gaining an experiential understanding of that, <laughs> though I'm in process, but I do more and more assume he's kind and then look for it. You must be mm -hmm. kind. This doesn't look kind. What is going on? Yeah. Help me see it differently. Yeah. Thanks. That's helpful. Uh, we've been talking about, I, I guess, what I would call emotions below the fold, uh, below the fold, mostly because there's that one sheet that you fold in half. And then these they're, they're heavier emotions like grief or, or anger uh, that are kind of below the fold. And we we sometimes tend to think that like sin lives below the fold. And and certainly you can be sinful in your anger or, or I mean, even in your grief or your loneliness. Uh, and then there's the emotions above the whole fold, joy and happiness and things that go up and out and open instead of down and closed and heavy. And uh, and we sometimes assume that those are good and godly emotions, although I think it's a key insight to see that we're we're both 
fallen and redeemed as a whole person, which means none of those below the fold emotions are outside your relationship with Jesus. And, and none of the above the fold emotions are like automatically holy or something like that. Mm -hmm. And those, those need work too. Uh, so I'm just wondering about some of it. We've, we've been living kind of below the fold. What about above the fold? Is there a time when you have either by yourself or, or help someone else take joy or excitement or expectation or hope or giddiness? Uh, have, do you ever invite Jesus into those emotions and, and what might that look like? Yeah, so I think with those emotions, the reason it's harder is they don't have as many words with them. Mm. Um, so like, if I'm happy, I'm like, I'm so happy. I'm happy. I mean, I'm just really, really happy. <laughs> and then you don't have anything else to say, but you don't want the feeling to go away yet. Mm -hmm. So I find that a pause in happiness um, is really helpful too. You're like, you're happy. Often it's like, where do you feel that in your body? You can mm -hmm. say, it's like, it's in my chest. It's just, can just feel it expanding. And how does that feel? Oh, I just, I've been sad so much for so long. And just to be happy again, it just makes me so grateful. And um, I think often as we just oh, pause and sit in those great emotion, those lovely emotions that we wish we had more of yeah. and invite Jesus in, I find that the gratitude just naturally wells up. Because we're we're searching for those so often in our lives, and they feel so fleeting when they come. So we really want to maximize hmm. um, joy moments or pleasure or satisfaction without controlling. Like I think it's easy to want to clamp onto them and make it last longer. Yeah, yeah. But if you breathe and lean back, it actually just kind of expands in our in within us. Hmm. So that I found that to be helpful. So there's that idea of pausing again, and, and again, the idea of uh, you wanting to control it so you can keep your loneliness like a pet or let your sadness kind of rule over you or be your badge of honor or uh, let that anger be the thing that is, is always behind the scenes controlling what you do. Or you can invite Jesus into it and give it to Jesus and see what he does with it. I suppose the same is true of those lighter emotions that you you can want to hold on to them. You can want to control them. You can make them yours. And one of the uh, one of the ways to get out of that trap is to invite Jesus. Pause. Notice it. You said we don't have as many words. I'd, I'd love to expand our vocabulary above the fold because if you can name it, then you can experience it. You know, you can if you can broaden your vocabulary, you can see the difference between just happiness and I don't know excitement or joy or or satisfaction or pride or whatever. Um, yeah, so that that's that's a really good insight too that you pause and invite Jesus into it as well. So, um, well, as as we wrap up, Jamie, is there is there anything that is like the most important thing is as you've kind of experimented with this with yourself and and as you've helped lead other people into that place of prayer where you're noticing yourself with jesus and and inviting jesus into what you're experiencing is there something really important for us to remember as we kind of experiment i, I love I love the no pressure. It's okay if it doesn't work and don't beat yourself up. Oh, I was angry. I didn't write. I'm so bad at that. No, no. Pause judgment. That's so notice, suspend judgment and invite Jesus into it. What would you add to wrap up? It's a process. So, and there's so many layers. So, you know, you might notice one thing and be really excited and then 
pause a second longer and notice something that you feel guilty about, you know? And so, and, and to gain tolerance with feeling our emotions, I think is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, like I can be sad and that's okay. I, I can get better at ha- being okay with being sad, I can get better at being okay with having angry feelings. And, mm-hmm. um, and when I remember that Jesus is in the process, then even the things I feel super bad at today, like it's not over yet. Mm. It's, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll grow, <laughs> I'll grow. But even today, while I feel really bad at stuff, like Jesus is crazy about me. <laughs> He's not mad at me. Uh, he, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world means yeah. he fixed it before I even messed it up. Yeah. Like, so um yeah so remember that jesus is helping that i think that remember that jesus is helping so we're if you get stuck if you're trying it if you love it <laughs> jesus is helping yeah and, and yeah. It's, it's that no condemnation piece if god is for us jesus isn't if god justifies jesus isn't going to condemn so that pausing on the that voice of judgment for yourself even even for yourself and even doing this, that, that's got to be a part of the process. So, Jamie, I always love talking to you. I always learn something. I'm glad you are one of the people Jesus has put on my rope that helps me learn and experiment. And I'm um, so glad you're doing what you're doing with Breathe Life Ministries. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Justin. It's an honor. That's Jamie Wishman from Breathe Life Ministries. And I'm Justin Rosso from Next Step Press. We'll see you next time at Next Step Press. <laughs>